we are in 1st Samuel chapter 3. We're going to be reading verses 1 to 10. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. For you have called me. He said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went out and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you have called me. He answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then I, Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you, that you, may, you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Lord God, we thank you for your word and for the mighty works it's accomplished in all of our lives, Lord. This morning we lift up Levi to you, asking that you just empower him with your Holy Spirit, that he will come boldly before us, Lord, to speak the words and the message that you have given him, Lord, and that we, your faithful, would have ears to hear eyes to see, and a heart to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, brother. Good morning. Are we on? All right. So it's a, it's a good day today. Are you guys awake? You got, most of you are? All right. That's good. That's good. Uh, worship was amazing. Um, I'm excited to be here. I didn't know I was going to have uh, Papa Bear in the audience today, so we're just, <laughs> we're just going to pretend he's not here. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was kind of thinking about it while I was seeing all these posts on Facebook and people are getting home and I'm like, oh man, maybe he'll just sleep in this morning. <laughs> he slept in, but not long enough. So um, no, I'm, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad you're all here. Would you guys look to your neighbor and say he's glad you're here? Go ahead. Yeah, you guys are going to be awake today. We're going to keep you awake today, okay? We're glad. I'm glad you're all here, okay? It's, it's a little weird to preach with just your wife, okay? So I'm glad you guys are all here. And, and uh, we're going to get into the Word. And I'm going to talk about something that the Lord has been doing in my life. I tried to take the easy way out and pick up where Pastor Jackie left off, but the Lord said, no, you are in this season of your life right now, and you are going to speak about it. So we're in 1 Samuel uh, 
chapter 3 and uh, verse 1 through 3, just real quick. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent visits, frequent visions. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. So for you guys that don't know me, if anybody's new, my name's Levi. Uh, I work here at the church. And recently, the Lord had put a call on my wife and I's life. Um, We got a call uh, to go to Mexico. So currently, we are in the process of becoming missionaries and trying to sort this whole thing out and go to Mexico. And I say it's a process because just because you feel you're called doesn't mean the skies are going to part and the angels are going to sing and everything just happens overnight. Okay, that's what you hope happens, right? That's what I thought was going to happen. But one of the things I realized in this whole process is that once you go, you have to leave. And so I'm leaving this huge family behind. I'm leaving this huge community behind. And that becomes harder and harder each and every day. And so when that happens, and you see a few doors closed on the other side, you kind of second-guess yourself. You kind of think, is that really the Lord calling me? Is this really the calling that the Lord is putting on my life? And so that's why it's really refreshing and assuring to get into the word and see that it didn't only happen doesn't only happen to us but it happened to other people as well okay so today um that's what we're going to look at um so right now personally we uh we went down to mexico we looked at a few houses the house that we went down to sign for um and i in our eyes was perfect is right across the street from the pastor's house that's down there um, it's in a gated community. There's 24-hour security. It's, it's perfect, right? Well, two days before we get there, they made a new policy for no dogs. And if you know us, our dogs are like our children. And so I say this kind of jokingly, but a little bit serious. Amanda would probably leave me before she left the dogs. <laughs> so, sorry, babe. Um, And so it's kind of a big thing for us. Our dogs, you know, we love our dogs. But while we're down there, we realize, you know, well, maybe this is one of the things we're going to have to sacrifice. Yes, we're sacrificing a lot of things by picking up and moving to Mexico. Maybe we need to sacrifice one more thing. Or maybe God just wants to see that in our hearts. He wants to see that, okay, we're willing to give up whatever it takes to go serve you, Lord. And, And then that's where we got you know, it was hard. It was like, okay, Lord, if you, if you want our dogs, we'll give you our dogs, if that's what you want from us. But um, I don't think that's where we're at right now. You know, there's many other areas to look. We've got people looking for us now. And, and so right now there's, I don't know, yesterday, um, as I was preparing the message, or was it Friday? Anyway, I got, I don't know, five or six houses sent to me by text or by messenger and you know, when one door is closed, another door is open, and it just all makes this whole thing a little bit more confusing. And so um, on Thursday, on Thanksgiving, I'm going to fly back down to Mexico. It's a lot cheaper on Thanksgiving, so that's, that's why I'm leaving on Thanksgiving. Um, it's a lot cheaper to go on Thanksgiving. 
And uh, we're going to go, I'm going to go look at some more houses. And so be praying for us that we find a place that's secure, that's safe, if that's what the Lord wants. And that's, that's the entire thing is we want to do what the Lord's will is for us, not what we want for ourselves. You know, yes, Mexico's warm. I love tacos. Um, the, win- <laughs> the winters here are cold, right? So I just want to make sure it's the Lord's will. And another thing that I, you know, forgot during this whole process is it's not my timing, it's the Lord's timing. Maybe he doesn't want us to be there next month. Maybe he wants us to be there in three months or six months. Or maybe he moved this around so other things could move around. I don't know. I just know that um, we want to do what the Lord has for us. And to be able to do that, we have to seek the Lord and find what the Lord has. And so today we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3, and I hope um, I don't lose any of my Calvary Chapel points for teaching the Old Testament on a Sunday. So <laughs> I've never seen it done, so hopefully it's okay. Um, all right, so today we're going to talk about the times in our life that maybe we hear God's calling, and when I talk about... Um, when we hear him, we're trying to figure out if, if it's God's call. Is it God? Is it our voice? Is it something else? And in today, in our world that we live in, here in America, even in rural Idaho, in Buell, Idaho, our world is full of busyness and distractions. We're trying to juggle leading our families, working, trying to get an education. Um, maybe we're moving into a new house, a new apartment, a new city new relationships, and we're just trying to figure out why we're put on this earth. And we have all these things going on, right? Everything, all this busyness, all this distraction. How can the word of the Lord come through all of that when we're so busy in our lives, right? We just, we always got something to do, right? Is there anybody out there that doesn't have anything to do? Because I got some things you can do. Um, I'm just checking, making sure I'm not the only one. All right. Um, so, one word to describe our God. There's many words to describe our God. But one word to describe our God is a God of mystery. And yet, we live in a culture and a world that worships certainty. So, that's what I want to talk to you today about in our message. Is, um, and I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad, God, like I said, I'm glad... God brought you in here today, and hopefully um, it's to hear this, and hopefully it is to maybe reignite or to open your ears or to just go forward with what you think the Lord is calling you to do. Um, so let's turn into our Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, verse 1. Well, we, we encounter a young man in Samuel, right, who encounters Lord, and I hope today that we will encounter Lord the Lord here. So first, so in Samuel, right, he's it's about 12 years old, okay, and uh, he's there and he's ministering to the Lord. Um, what does that mean? Um, well, he was, he was there working. Um, his mother, his name, her, his mom's name was Hannah, and she was having difficulties having children, having sons. And so she had this son and at the age of four, she brought him to the tabernacle and gave him to Eli and gave him to the Lord so that the Lord could use him. That was, she was thanking God for the gift that God had given her. 
So Samuel's here. He's working under Eli. And where it says he's ministering to the Lord, he's just, he's just working. He's being a servant. You know, minister means servant. Um, he's making the bread. He's cleaning up. He's opening doors. He's just being used by God. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, he was lying down in his, in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. So it means it's still nighttime. Levitical law said that the lamp inside the tabernacle had to be lit all through the darkness. So it's, you know, it's, it's probably, I don't know, 3 o'clock in the morning maybe when you know, he starts hearing these things. But uh, the lamp had not yet gone out. So if you're here with us today, there's still time, right? God still has time to use you, right? If you're not dead, then God can still use you, right? There's still time. Touch somebody next to you and say, there's still time. <laughs> there's still time, Logan. I know. I know you may look around and say, I don't know about... Jerry in the back, I don't know if there's much time left on him, right? But there's still time. Jerry is going to be used, right? God is going to use you guys. All Christians, all believers are here for a purpose, right? Everybody has a purpose. You all have a calling. And we'll talk about that word in just a minute. So it's strange, right? Um... That when, uh, when Samuel heard the Lord call him, um, it wasn't some deep, crazy voice like, like we think it is, right? It wasn't like, Samuel, you know? <laughs> it wasn't, right? It was a voice that was familiar to him. And uh, I think sometimes that's what we think we're going to hear is some deep bass voice of the Lord that's going to say, hey, quit it, or hey, go here, hey, do this. It's not that way. Um, Let's continue to read through this text. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, here I am, and ran to Eli, and he said, here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Now go lay down. So he went and laid back down. And then the Lord called again, second time, Samuel. And Samuel arose, and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lay down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So if he didn't know the Lord, he didn't have a relationship with the Lord, right? If you don't have that relationship with the Lord, how can you hear the Lord's voice? You don't know what he sounds like. So that's very... Uh, very important that we have that relationship with Jesus. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. So this is the third time. Okay, How many times does it take for you to get upset when you're sleeping if somebody keeps bugging you? <laughs> Once? Twice? Third time. Now remember, this is an old man. Okay? You go poke Jackie at 3 o'clock in the morning, you probably get one chance, okay? You go back a second time, he's going to swat at you. The third time, 
he is probably going to put you out. Okay? He's going to put you to sleep. So it was the third time, right? And he went back because the voice that he heard was so familiar to him. Okay? And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lay down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and he laid down in his place. So, if you're confused about your calling, or if you don't think the Lord can use you, or you think, oh, well, I did this thing 20 years ago, I'm, I'm free, I don't need to do anything else. Well, that's not what the Lord has for you, right? Um, so, you know, at this point, in this season of my life, to be honest with you guys, um, I'm a little confused about my calling, okay? I'm confused about um, what the Lord is calling me to do. You know, is he pulling me to Mexico? Is he keeping me here? Is there something else? Uh, You know, I don't know. But I do know that I love God, I love my family, and I want to make a difference. So, um, look to the person next to you and tell them I'm confused. (laughs) Go ahead. Just go ahead. And then... And then look back and say, that's okay, I'm confused too. Um, So let's go ahead and pray and and get into the word. Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this day. We uh, just thank you for bringing everybody here uh, this morning so we can gather in fellowship, Lord. We just pray that you meet us here in this place today, Lord. Lead and guide this discussion here, Lord. And I just ask that... uh, you will move here, Lord. You, Holy Spirit will just dwell amongst us, Lord God, and that uh, you will open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, Lord, and just open our hearts and our minds to you, Lord. Just clear out any distractions that we may have for the next, uh, next moments, Lord God, as we just spend time with you and, and try to get clarity out of your word, Lord. So I thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. So, talked about earlier our calling. I don't know if I, I really like that word because uh, it gets used so much in our modern Christian life. Um, so, if you roll your eyes about, you know, if you roll your eyes a little bit when I say you're calling, you're you're forgiven. Okay, it's okay. Um, it's just uh, it's a term so popular in today's Christian culture that it gets overused. And that it almost means nothing anymore. And it can be frustrating as the older you get, people start talking about your lofty ideals. Like finding your calling. You need to find your calling. What is your calling? Are you in your calling? All those things. Well, most of us, this is way outside our everyday realm. Right? We got young families. We got other families. We're busy. Right? We got so many things that that we... that are just buying for our attention. We're just trying to pay bills, right? Some of us are doing good just finding our keys in the morning, right? Um, so, uh, so yeah, so then when we talk about calling, it's like, well, I don't, I don't have time for that. When am I supposed to find my calling, right? Um, 
I've been asked uh, by several people, all ages, all demographics, male and female, you know, what is, what is my calling? What, what am I here to do? What am I made to do? And the only thing that I can, you know, tell them is you will never be satisfied with anything else. And no matter how much money you have, no matter how nice your, car, your house is, no matter how many cars you have, you won't know until you will always be until you're satisfied in what you're doing. So if you believe you're called to be a school teacher and you do it, but you're not satisfied, maybe that's not your calling. Maybe you're called to be a, a truck driver, and maybe you feel like you're called to be a youth pastor and you love it, um, but then that maybe there's another call after that. Or maybe there's only one call. Um, I don't know. But uh, I wish I could stand up here and tell you guys, you know, what your calling is. Wouldn't that be nice that you turn 18 and then you just get a little letter in the mail from God that says, okay, <laughs> this is your calling. Go, go, right? But that's not how it works. So uh, let's break this message down a little bit today. So those days, um, Samuel, is 12 years old, was an apprentice in the tabernacle. The tabernacle was where the Holy of Holies were. It was where uh, the Lord came to Moses and says, Hey, I want a place of my own. So the Lord instructed these skilled crafters to build this tent. And inside this tent, there was another little tent. And there's things in there. And uh, the Ark of the Covenant was in there. And there was a veil. And there was a place where only the Lord was at. So that's where um, Samuel's at. He's in there with Eli. Um, Like I said, his mom dropped him off. And uh, so he would only, his mom would only see him once a year. She'd come by and see him once a year. The rest of the year, he's there with Eli, uh, trying to do everything he could. But Eli wasn't doing a very good job. I don't know how familiar you guys are with uh, 1 Samuel, but uh, Eli was letting a lot of things slide that shouldn't have been happening. You know, his, his sons were laying with women at the entrance of the tabernacle. You know, they weren't just laying there. They were doing other things. Um, I don't know if I can say it up here with him here. So, um, uh, not only that, but they would uh, beat people up who were bringing in their sacrifices to the Lord. You know, and they would bully the people. They would take their sacrifices for themselves. They would send messengers out that would say, hey... Um, Phineas wants the fat portion of the offering. And people said, well, no, the fat portion is for the Lord. They get what's left over. Um, So his sons were just causing all kinds of trouble, right? Um, Just desecrating the tabernacle, disrespecting the Lord. And Eli knew all about it. He just wasn't doing anything about it. So, um, of course, the Lord isn't happy with this situation, right? Of course, the Lord isn't going to be speaking into their lives if if they treat the Lord as common, right? The Lord is to be glorified. So Hophni and Phineas are Eli's sons. Um, they are the ones doing all these things, right? Um, the Bible said something interesting in verse 1 with all this going on, right? So if we go back to verse 1, it says, In those days the word of the Lord was rare. And... When we talk about the word of the Lord, what does that truly mean? It means Jesus. Right? If we look in John um, 1, it says the Lord was with God, the Lord was God. 
um, the word of the Lord is Jesus. So when we look here, Jesus wasn't very present, right? He didn't feel welcomed, did he? They didn't respect him. They didn't treat him uh, the way he ought to be treated. Because they treated the Lord as common, and the word of the Lord was rare because they lived in a day where it was easy um, to just disregard the Lord, right? They let Their father let them do it, so they thought it was acceptable. Um, where today, we live in a, in a world where it's easy to get distracted, right? We live in a world where it's easy to get information, but it's hard to get the truth. Would you guys agree with me? We get all kinds of information all day long, but we're starving for the truth. So I figured that this verse would apply to us. Um, you guys agree that we're drowning in information and starving for truth? Okay, good. Some of you are. I appreciate you staying awake with me. Um, we're drowning in opinion. We're drowning in agenda. And yet we're still starving for truth. Um, such a crazy time. We don't know who to trust anymore. We don't know if it's real. We don't know if it's fake. Um, it's a time where truth is hard to find. I just, I don't watch the news too much anymore just because it's frustrating. And uh, lately the impeachment stuff's been going on. And it just blows my mind. Like 20 years ago, if you would mention impeachment of the, the President of the United States, it would be a huge deal, right? You would think, oh, they have all this information. They have him videotaped killing somebody or doing something crazy. Right, But today, you look on the news and they have made up stories about second-hand knowledge from this other guy that doesn't exist. And that's what they think is enough proof to impeach the president. Now, I'm not taking a side either way politically. I'm just saying that's the world we live in today is that we don't even need facts in order to form opinions. So um, it's just crazy. Like I said, we live in a time where truth is hard to find. It's not like we don't have access to the Word of God, right? It's right on our phones. We have access to the Word of God. You can take a Bible from here. We'll give you one. You can go to Walmart 24 hours a day and get a Bible. There's a Bible app on your phone. And if you want to, they could read the Bible to you with a British accent. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's pretty cool pretty soothing um so yeah it's not that we lack the access to the word the word's everywhere we can put whatever accent spin that we want on it we can read it in an easy version we can read it in the original text we can read it any way we want but yet we're not seeking that truth and uh pastor jackie talked about this a few weeks ago maybe about a month it's not the access to the word that's the problem. It's our attitude towards the word that's the problem. And um, if our attitude is bad, then the results are going to be bad. So the first thing I want to mention is the culture. The culture in Eli's time was a culture of neglect, right? They neglected the Lord. Their offerings weren't true because the priests were interfering with those things. Um, 
And when the word of the Lord becomes common in our lives, we will have access, but it won't have an impact on our lives. Our attitudes are focused on self and not on the Lord. Right? Just like when we sung worship this morning, right? What was our attitude? Was our attitude in it or was our attitude out of it? Same thing with the word of the Lord, right? When we go to the word of the Lord, um, what's our attitude? First thing in the morning, um, I read a devotion. Well, what's my attitude? Oh, I'm tired. I'm just going to read it, and that counts? Or is it, okay, I'm awake. I want to get something out of this. I want to learn from this, right? It's not our access to the Word, but it's our attitude towards the Word. just want to say to you today that many of our cultural concepts of calling are just really self-help, individualistic ambitions, oriented delusions, dressed up in a Christian cliche. Right? A lot of us say, oh, I can't, can't serve there because that's not my calling. Oh, I served there three years ago, so I don't feel called to do that. Um, a lot of times we just use feeling and we don't use the word of the Lord. Right? What is our calling? And the culture of our day is instead of worshiping God, we worship an idea of God's will. And then rather than being in a relationship with God, we want God to be a resource for us, right? Who is more like Siri than he is than a savior, okay? So we look to God as a resource. He's not a resource, right? He's our savior. And so when times are tough, the only time we want to go to God is when we're having problems as a resource, right? That's not what it's about. Okay, we want a relationship with God every day. He is our Savior. right? Because of Him, we are set free. Because of Him, we can spend eternity in heaven. Okay, And I think sometimes we lose focus on that. Now, I hope you guys come back when Pastor Jackie's here. Okay, I hope I don't scare anybody away. I hope everybody's okay. Um, but uh, we need to get something straight right off the bat. Um, until we treasure... The voice of God, until we value the Word of God, until we value the voice of God, hearken to the voice of God, make time for the voice of God, we can't just skim through it. I can't just run from person to person to person to find the answer that I'm looking for, right? It's got to come from God. We got to spend that time with God. We got to value that. We can't just run past it, right? I can't just ask. Four people over here, what I should do. What should I do, guys? Right? What should I do, guys? What should I do, guys? Or just keep asking people until I get the answer I want and then say, oh, well, thank you. That must have been the Lord. No, right? We got to value that time. We got to value His Word. We have to value the Lord. It is the revealed will of God that we are truly after. So here's Samuel, who is receiving a revelation from God. Um, and to be honest, I, I heard the word of the Lord. I heard um, the Lord talk to me one time. And um, it's kind of similar, maybe not. Um, but I, was, I got really sick. For those of you who don't know me, um, I'll just briefly just speak about my testimony real quick. Um, I got really sick, almost died. I had pancreatitis. All my organs shut down. Um, they took me to St. Luke's. St. Luke's said, this guy's not dying here. So they took me to Boise, to the VA. Um, 
I had so much equipment on me, they couldn't fit me on the helicopter, so they had to put me on an airplane. Um, so they flew me to the VA in Boise. I'm dying. They're trying to keep me alive, all this stuff. And finally, after about six weeks or so, um, I started coming to a little bit. And um, I'm in the hospital. It's middle of the night, early morning, I don't know. And I hear an audible voice that says, are you ready? And I said, yes. You know, so because it was so audible, I thought a nurse or somebody was coming in to take me somewhere. And they said, are you ready? So when I said yes, I looked around and nobody was in the room. And I'm getting goosebumps and I'm like, ooh, what, what are they got me on? Not only am I hearing voices, but I'm talking to myself, right? <laughs> and so um, I hear it again, are you ready? And I immediately got scared because I knew in my heart that the Lord was asking me, was I ready to die? And that point in my life, I wasn't saved. I came to church, I listened, but I was the first one in. Or, I mean, sorry, the last one in, the first one out. Um, so I knew that if I was to die at that moment, I would not go to heaven. I'd go to hell. And so I answered, and I said, I am not ready. Give me a second chance. And now as I look back at that, and as I get older, you know, I think maybe the Lord wasn't asking me if I was ready to die. He was asking me, are you ready to die to yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me? And... Uh, you know, two days after I heard that, I walked out of the hospital. Um, and today, I have a clean bill of health. You know, I'm not dead. I'm still here, you know. The Lord can still use me. And, um, yeah, praise God. And so, yeah, after that day, I just gave my life to the Lord. And I was here all the time. I was at every study. I was even here when there wasn't a study. And Jackie got so tired of me asking me to do stuff that he finally said, hey, I'm going to pay you some money and I'm going to tell you what to do. And so, <laughs> and so that's, that's how I got here. Um, but yeah, I, I heard that voice and um, it's scary. And you know, it wasn't a loud, deep voice. It was a familiar voice. I thought it was a nurse in the room. And, um, and that's what we need to look for. But it came, you know, when I was at rest. It came when there was no distraction. The word came to me. I didn't go looking for it. It's a good thing because I would have never found it, right? I wasn't searching for him at that time, but yet he was searching for me. And once we clear up our distractions, once we make his voice a priority, we value his voice... He can use that time, and He can come to us. Um, there's an interesting part in here. Maybe I'm jumping ahead. Okay, so um, so I get out of the hospital, do all those things, come to the Lord. Um, and luckily, I had people to push me and guide me, or else I would have just stayed at my house and just studied the Word of God and done nothing else. I would have been a sponge, right, and not a screen like, like they talk about, right? You just draw everything in, but nothing goes out. Um, but luckily I had people uh, in my life that uh, would push me, guide me, um, and kind of show me what there is uh, to do out there. That the Lord 
doesn't just want you to suck up his word. He wants you to use it. He wants you to spread it. And uh, thankfully, Pastor Jackie had been around long enough uh, to be able to see something in me. Or at least that's what I tell myself, right? <laughs> Maybe he couldn't find anyone else. That could have been, that could have been it too. Um, so I was a late bloomer in Christ, right? I was in my uh, early to mid-30s. And uh, I was studying the Word, studying the Word. And then about my mid-30s, I began uh, teaching the youth. And it wasn't a calling. You know, I didn't hear the Lord say, hey, go teach. It was somebody else saying, hey, we want you to go teach these kids. Don't screw it up. Okay? We'll keep you there as long as you don't screw that up. And so far, the Lord has given me good kids because we haven't screwed it up yet. Um, So God is calling each Christian to do something. Right? He called me to do something. He's calling you guys to do something as well. doesn't mean you have to teach. Um, I would never in a million years think that I would teach kids Jesus. You know, Never did I think that, oh, one day my goal in life is to teach kids about the Lord. But here I am and I love it. Right? Never in a million years would I think I'd be up here standing in front of a bunch of Christians talking about you know, answering the call or hearing your call or being confused about your call. But here I am, right? Just like Samuel said, here I am, Lord. And uh, so, yeah, every Christian has a call. God, did just, God didn't just put you here for nothing, right? There's a reason you're here. There's a reason you're here. There's a call on your life and your life and your life. And like I said, just because you're later in life doesn't mean you have no call, Right? God can still use you. So I could stand up here and say, okay, what's your calling? 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 calling? Right? But that gets annoying and it's uh, not productive. Um, But we all have a calling. So, and it's not something that we just get. And it's not something that just comes to us. Like I said, we have to quiet out the noise. We've got to value God's voice. So um, we got Samuel here, right? He, he comes in to the Bible in a, in a period of time between the judges and the monarchy of Israel, about a thousand years before Jesus. And uh, not even Samuel got it right the first time, did he? Not even a prophet of the Lord got it right the first time. He got called the first time, and what did he do? He ran. He had the right attitude, right? But he ran to the wrong place. He ran to the wrong person. Sometimes that's what we do in our life. We have the right attitude. We want to serve the Lord, but we run to the wrong place because we're not hearing. We run to the wrong person because we're not listening. Um, Just to read the section of Scripture and see... Um, someone that God used to do something great and he called him and he chose him but even his great prophet did not get it right the first time so finding your calling that's a cultural concept okay it's not a biblical one you don't have to find your calling in fact um, if the text is correct which we know it is Samuel is an illustration that uh, I don't have to find my calling because if I serve the purpose of the season that I'm in my calling will find me, right? So if we serve the purpose right now for the season that we're in, no matter where the Lord has you right now, He may have you 
working 80 hours at the fire department. Okay? Be servant to the Lord, right? He can use that. So just be grateful for the period that you're in. The season that I am is total chaos. But here I am trying to be a servant of the Lord, right? And that's all that we can do. So we got the call. Let's talk about the contact real quick. When he first heard the voice, you know, it sounded familiar. He had heard before, and it was hard to know the difference between uh, when we're speaking and when God is speaking to you. Um, so like when we wake up in the morning, we kind of hear two voices. At least I do. There's the voice that says, hit snooze, you got five more minutes. And then there's the other voice that says, get up, quit being lazy. Right? And which one is God and which one is self? You know, and throughout the day, I think we battle with that constantly. Um, the only way the will of God or the word of God or the voice of God can be recognized is that what the Bible said, that Eli, you know, he was old and he couldn't see physically. Um, I think that's also saying he couldn't see spiritually as well. You know, he was allowing a lot of bad stuff to happen around him. And the contact of the people that he was with um, rubs off on him, right? That's another thing, you know. We live in a crazy, distracted world, and if we're in a circle of friends or a group of friends that aren't, you know, following Jesus, that just causes more distractions, right? More confusion, more, uh, makes it more difficult to value the time with God, to value that voice of God. So Eli is transferring out at this period of time, right? God has called Samuel. He's coming in. He's transferring up. Um, So God's going to deal with Eli later, but he's dealing with Samuel now. And like I said, whoever you put around you the most, that's that's the group of influence you're going to have. So right now in my life, I'm trying to put myself around God-fearing people, right? People that are going to motivate me, people that are going to... Uh, influence me positively people that are gonna you know get God out of me you know I don't want to stand around and be around a group of people that are negative or you know just down in the dirt right I need to be uplifted and I think that's how we all are right if we that's why we um, want to start the discipleship program is because some of us don't have those friends, right? Some of us don't have that person we can call and say, hey, I'm a new believer. I thought just because I became a believer, everything was going to be perfect, right? It's pretty much the opposite, right? Once you give yourself to the Lord, the enemy wants you back. And so um, it's very important that we have those people. We have those relationships. We have that contact with other believers that can keep us accountable and can keep us on the right path. You know, God called Moses to deliver his people from the Egyptians. Uh, Moses had the right passion, right? He was brought up in uh, the right schools and all that. But where he messed up is when he killed the Egyptian, right? He had the right passion, but it was misplaced. He tried to do it his way, and he didn't get it right the first time. But yet, what did Moses do? He came back, right? It took some time, but he came back, and he finally got his people out of Egypt. Right. Moses did it. Elijah did it. Jeremiah did it. Now, as we continue in the text, 
um, just talking about, you know, the first time it didn't work, second time it didn't work, third time still didn't work, right? Um, finally, Eli's awake. He's figuring, oh, I know, okay, I know what's going on now. You know, it's, it must be the Lord calling the kid. So he told Samuel, hey, when the Lord speaks, tell him here I am, right? And that's the answer that we all need to have, right? Here I am, Lord. Once we get all the confusion out of our life, once we start hanging around positive people, people that will uplift us, people that will bring us closer to God, you know, God's going to make that contact. God's going to put people in your life that speak into your life. And are you going to be ready to say, here I am, Lord? Here I am, Lord, use me. Once you get to that point... Again, it's not angels fly around and do your laundry. It's not like that, right? Um, there's a conflict in the calling, okay? Um, how many people in here have more than one calling? How many people are a husband, a brother, a boss, an employer, employee? A um, couple of you, I guess, so that's, that's good. Um, so the conflict of your calling, it's huge on your external and internal relationships, right? So the Lord called me here, and, and I became a youth leader and, and just engulfed myself in that. And then about a year ago, he called me to be a husband. And so um, that's an additional calling, you know. And sometimes the two don't mix. Sometimes you have to wear um, two hats, but instead of wearing two hats, it's more like wearing two different heads, right? You, you work here with the kids and, and do stuff around here, but when you go home, you got to put on a different head, okay? Because Amanda doesn't want to play tag. Amanda, <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, you got to put on different heads, and that's the conflict of your calling, right? Sometimes, yeah, you're called to do this, but you're also a husband or a wife, and then, you know, eventually, if it's the Lord's will, I may be a dad. Or, and then that's another head to put on, right? And we just got all these different things. Then we're back to the confusing part, right? So we have to, um, you know, find balance, have time for each different area in our life. And again, we've got to hear the Lord's voice in it all. If he's saying, okay, you're spending too much time at your job, you need to spend more time with your family, that's probably something we need to do. And I think a lot of us struggle with that. And so, um, as we start to finish up here, uh, one thing that I noticed that I, that I enjoyed about uh, this section of Scripture, uh, it says in verse 9, Speak, Lord, for your servant here. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. So Samuel wasn't running around being busy was he when he heard the Lord Samuel wasn't being distracted he wasn't on his cell phone he wasn't driving trying to get to four different places at one time or do eight different things at once right he went to his place to rest where it was quiet where it was calm where he could focus right and then that's when the Lord came to him so that's where we need to try to be right yes we're all confused about our calling sometimes but before we can actually hear what the Lord wants from us, we've got to settle down. Right? We've got to be calm. We've got to value the Word of God. We've got to value 
God, period. We've got to value the circles that we run in. And uh, when we do those things, it makes it easier to hear God. And again, it's in his timing, right? He called Samuel when he was 12. He might not call us until we're 30, 40, 50, 60, 110. You know, it, um, it doesn't matter. But uh, we're all here for a reason, and we all have a, a calling in our lives. So would you guys uh, go ahead and stand and, and let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I, I thank you today for the time that, uh, that you've given us. Lord, I thank you for this place. I thank you that uh, we just have a, a wonderful place where we can come together and fellowship and hear your word and, and be free of persecution. We can be free of judgment, Lord. All of us that are here today are the body of Christ. Lord, and I just ask that uh, you just help us love one another, Lord God. Help us to be open to new relationships amongst the body, Lord God. I just pray that you help us to silence the, the noise in our lives, Lord. Help us to, once again, truly value your word, which is the truth, Lord God. Help us to not get distracted with all the information that's flying around out there, Lord God, and just to focus on you and your word and your voice and show us what you have for us, Lord God. If we don't know what the call is in our life, Lord, help us. Give us the ability to get to our place and to rest and to hear you. Lord God, and if if we know what our calling is, Lord, continue to strengthen us, continue to build us up, continue to lead and guide us, Lord God, and and you put us, each and every one of us here, Lord, for a, a reason, for a purpose, Lord, you made each one of us special, you gave us all gifts, different talents, and that's just the personal God that you are, Lord, help us to use you, Lord, to have a relationship with you, Lord God, and not just to use you as a resource, Lord. So I thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for the people that you brought here today, Lord God. And may may this message, may your word stick with them. In Jesus' name, amen.